0: Do you, do you know um, anything about recidivism of this this, this disease, whereas you get the flu, very few people get the flu the second time but i'm right. there is there, there are some people that appear to have overcome it that still test positive, maybe it's just because it's igG tighter or something like that, but anything you have on that would be interesting
1: I don't have anything on that yet, but I'm going to say honestly, this cough that i've heard and the um, people not getting well, like I suspect that we have been exposed much earlier than all of the um, news reports and everything that we heard. Like I can tell you the same cough. I can see the same look. They're a little more ill now. And so maybe it's morphed. I do know that some other doctors are throwing around numbers. Like it's, it's already got 40 different strains. I didn't see anything written about that. So I don't want to uh, spread something that's not true. But I mean, we know that these, these viruses can can mutate. So I expect that we will see some, people who could get reinfected with something else, yeah.
0: So what do you, how do you describe that cough as being different compared to other?
1: Impacts? It's just like this dry, it's, it's deep and dry, and then they would say, no, nothing's coming up. And, you know, half the time they've already come in on an antibiotic, and, you know, that's also our patients. Some of them have an antibiotic on board. Some of them have a pack. Some of them have the Plaquenil and the z Um Not all of them. You know, and some of them are still even coming in. They've, we're asking them to get tested. You know, we, we don't have the positives. though. New Orleans has been very sluggish. I'm, I know they're doing everything they can. It's not their fault, but the results are not back. But they're coming in and asking for treatment. So we are treating empirically and just pretending that they do. How and about, maybe there's false negatives, too.
0: How about chest pain? Because I hear one of the symptoms yes. is so-called crushing <laughs> chest pain.
1: Yes. I'm. We've seen that in two patients. And um, the high fever, you know, I, I, it's beyond me how people can, this one gentleman, 11 days he had a high fever and it, you know, he didn't remember that we existed. So his wife brought him in, but that's the one, the fever broke after 11 days. That's exhausting. I mean, adults having fever, it's, it's really trying. And you know, I'd really, I'd like to talk a little bit about the glutathione levels. So, okay, now everybody all over the news, whether it's true or not, they're saying, don't take the NSAIDs. So no ibuprofen, no Advil, that's fine, but they've moved to Tylenol. Well, my concern is that Tylenol, one dose of Tylenol drops your glutathione production by, by like, tw- I think, 21 days, it's suppressed. So Why do you explain what
0: glutathione is? Because a lot of people, if they haven't worked with a functional practitioner, probably haven't even heard of glutathione.
1: Okay. it's an antioxidant that we make in all of our cells, and they call it the mother of all antioxidants. It's housed in the liver. And the the problem is that most of us have fatty liver and have a lot of congestion. So even if the LFTs, excuse me, the liver enzymes are not elevated, it doesn't mean that the liver is still doing its job and doesn't have a lot of congestion or or, or toxins in it from environmental toxins or you name it. Maybe one of you would have loved this lecture about gadolinium. So that was pretty frightening. But gad toxicity, yeah, from all the MRIs. I love tests. But that's also a concern of mine of these people who are going to the hospital. They're giving them all CAT scans to rule out, you know, PE. They're all short of breath. They've got to cover themselves. And then they get the die. And then the renal insufficiency begins. And then they give them all these new medicines that they never had. And so it's like it's a perfect storm of, of things falling apart. And so I, we're really obsessed with testing. And I understand we need the test. But at the same time, when the test isn't going to help me change my management, like if I'm going to do the same thing, like for someone with – Brain stuff. We're going to talk, pull the toxins, reduce the sugars. You know, look at any of the fake fats and nasty processed foods. And
0: not a lot enough people are talking about vitamin D. And the Chinese are talking about doing yeah. three hundred thousand to a million IU.
1: Well, I, I've been giving them, um, so I'll definitely say. Um, the people who come to my clinic get 53 days in a row. If they have, if they're low, I'll give them a hundred or 150. And, sure. um, I mean, pretty much everybody who comes to me already knows that we're on that page and I'm making sure they're taking the K2, um, to keep the calcium in the bones. And, and I mean, obviously it's just so protective. So yeah, I the, had some, as many, I had
0: some folks that were doing 50,000 a day for a long time. And their vitamin D levels were like 180.
1: And I said, I think you can
0: back down a little bit on that.
1: Yeah. Well, I have some Canadian friends who tell me that they their patients with cancer who don't want to do anything are, are actually getting their levels up to 200. They watch the calcium, right? I'm sure they're using a ton yeah. of K. Right. But, um, and, the, and then the tumors are shrinking. I mean, you hear these stories. It's like, wow, that's intense. Yeah. So when did we make all these rules of these levels? And how is it that the labs can just shuffle the side of what's normal or not? And, you know, well, that's you know, a um, conversation. <laughs>
0: Uh, Thomas Barodi, we had a private conversation and he said that, um, you know, vitamin D is the only thing that makes neutrophils effective against intracellular pathogens. Now zinc is something that I I don't know a lot about it, but I do know from the ARID study for the eye, zinc is important, but if you have too much zinc, it can actually present with toxicity. So we're... Where are you on zinc and what, what do you think is a good dose for zinc?
1: Okay, so I I'll try to get people to take at least 30 milligrams of zinc. The problem is getting it into the cell. So that's actually how this hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine works is that it opens up the cell so that the zinc can get in. And the zinc is the antiviral. That's what's going to stop the replication of the virus. So, you know, again, back to nutrition and cellular medicine, it's great that we're going to give all these medicines, but if the deficient in zinc and the lack of sense of smell that's something I'd be looking at right away. What are the zinc levels? So same with D, same with C. When someone's acutely ill, we would load them, maybe give them up to 80 milligrams for you know two or three days and then come back down. So um, it's off the shelves. I think that we've talked a little bit about how people just innately know. It's funny. It's like the news can report and say whatever they want to say. Does Vitamin C doesn't work. Don't do that. It's going to hurt you. But inherently... When the stuff hits the fan, boom! The, the public went, "I'm getting what I need." The only other thing we didn't talk about was NAD. I think that'll be helpful for these people who are going to have post viral fatigue. I mean, I I love the the results I've seen with that. Of course, we use um, some oral supplementation for the precursors. We do a sublingual, and then we do IV and sub-q dosing as well. I've seen some really cool stuff with NAD. This is how do you get NAD? We get it from Archway Apothecary. This is the Louisiana pharmacy that actually was the first to supply it in the U S to Paula and Dick Medier, who were very good friends with Dr. William Hitt, who was in Mexico using it first. And so my dad knew William Hitt, went down to Mexico. And I, so I knew it separately Then I met them and just coordinated with them. They're doing great things with addiction, but I'm using it more for um like, Ooh, I lost you. Um, I'm using it more for, um, anxiety, depression, sleep trouble, executive function, energy. I've used it for like harder cases with mold and people who are really sick. But um, from an energy perspective, it's pretty amazing. And uh, I I can't wait to see more work with it. And I think, like I said, we're going to have a lot of tired people because even the ones that don't come in for the IV, right, they're recovering at home. It's a slow, long recovery, you know, knocks people down. Right. so i think they're going to need more than just b vitamins to get off their you know to get off the couch and get back up on their feet so we'll, well see
0: who was the master of nad then you mentioned a couple of
1: okay so william hit another guy named um uh cleary and there's another one, O'Halloran. they yeah so they those guys were sort of the originals and then abram hoffer of course he's a uh, another orthomolecular guy, friends with Linus Pauling. Intravenously, it's just incredible. I really, it's a nutrient, and so it's just kind of been on the down low, and now more people know about it.
0: Is this an aging phenomenon? Like, we obviously produce less hormone as we get older. Same with NAD?
1: Same with NAD, declines, and there's a great guy, his name is Sturgis. He's in Coeur Lane, Idaho. And Dr. Sturgis is doing work with the centenarians um, and another guy named James Claymont who does work with um, the senescence, you know, cleaning the body out of all these dead cells.
0: You just brought up a point and you said it so off the cuff, so matter of fact, that it's like, it just dawned on me it's significant that no one's talking about this. It's like, okay, you've had the virus, you've been hospitalized, or you stayed at home and now you're feeling better but how do we accelerate the improvement uh, and getting you back to where you were before and then hopefully better? So you're yeah. saying the NAD is something, the quercetin, uh, on, and there are yeah, other these, things you'd recommend.
1: Yeah, I would start with that and then I'd, I'd push the glutathione because like I said, every person and their mother is picking up everything from Tylenol to Dayquil, NyQuil, all these things. Right. So that's why I was having them nebulize the glutathione it's kind of stinky. It has a little sulfur molecule, but it smells like rotten right. eggs. But that way they don't have to come for the IV. I mean, obviously I love IV, but i got to be realistic. Everybody can't come and do that. So i got to think of other ways they can increase it. I like that people are taking melatonin because that increases glutathione and helps drain the brain of all those toxins. So,
0: Well, well, Dr. Senoff says that you know you need cholesterol sulfate, and one of the major nutrients we're deficient in that nobody's talking about is sulfur. So, the glutathione supplementation is bringing extra sulfur in the body. I think that's important. Um, what we do, and just leading from Dr. Trump, is giving high dose cod liver oil.
1: And, oh, beautiful.
0: and we've been doing that. So, like, when I had to rationalize that, you know, besides just, you know, Dr. Trump said so, so it's obviously right. Um, <laughs> I, you know, when someone argues against fish oil and cod liver oil, I say, you know, what are you giving, and does it have a thousand-year history, going back to the Vikings, of having medicinal benefit? And so the major study was in 1848. I remember this because, you know, I have to remember this. In British hospitals, treating people with consumption, coughing and spitting blood, tuberculosis, okay? And they gave 15 to 50 grams over a period of time. And they saw mortality go down by okay. by half. So I think it, at the time only six percent were surviving. I think it went up to twelve to eighteen percent were surviving on just cod oil. And obviously there was not not no such thing as an antibiotic. It was actually right. almost the day a hundred years before antibiotic, antibiotics were actually introduced to the to um, prescription medicine, if you will. So so we do have cod liver oil, and I believe that the key benefit is the fat soluble vitamins, vitamin A, and you know vitamin A is not beta carotene; it's a mixture of uh, of retinols, and then vitamin D is not just D three; it's D two, D three, D four, D five, and you get all that right. in cod liver oil. So, so we're be-
1: I, I I just learned about the tocotrienols this year, um, learning about the different E's that the the majority of these E's that are given out are not the two that we really need, you know. There's four E's, so uh, uh, you know you learn. And what is old is new again. And I'm glad we're going back to the old school stuff. And cod liver oil, everybody knows that they used to take that and look so at the know, vitamin D levels. Right
0: down south, you know, we're 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 working on a project to start working with Latina women and and Black women. They all remember the cod liver oil, so it's not like what the heck are you talking? Yeah, about?
1: they'll right. Their face, they know exactly. They remember. They, yeah, yeah. And,
0: you know, they 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 know it so. Um, yep. Yeah, so I think it's important that, you know, Dr. Trump did a, not a study, but he just, like you, a clinician, and like your dad, and he, he saw people coming back with more bleeding gums when he gave them or recommended a just straight up vitamin E supplement. And
1: mm-hmm. it's just
0: like, you know, smokers have more lung cancer if they take beta carotene, a vitamin A component. You need the mixture. So yeah, that's. You yeah, that's why we're bullish on cod liver oil. It's hard to get vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin K, um, these fat-soluble vitamins in, in foods these days because you know we're a lot of people are still frightened of fats and aren't getting really. Oh my it. gosh!
1: And yeah, they're the afraid of
0: fish from the mercury. So that's
1: true. You bring up a good point because, you know, so my dad used to tell me about retinol. He was like, oh, we use mega dose of vitamin A before they ever made red A, you know, the, for the skin. So, but it is hard to get everything in one. And I feel like now with the push towards veganism and vegetarian, I think it's even harder. You know, it's like the food sources we have are pretty poor too. So it's not the same food that we used to have years ago. So we're really in a conundrum, you know, so I'm glad you brought that up. Them. And I do find that the studies... Or all they're trying to isolate, one thing, one thing. Well, right. it's a symphony, like you said. If we pull out one guy out of the orchestra and just focus on him, that's not how it works. It's not how you hear music.
0: <laughs> My wife proved for the maybe 50,000th time is that when you take high-dose cod liver oil, adult, adult acne goes away in two months. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's and,
1: nice because a lot of adults have acne. They're not happy about it. <laughs> and I
0: think, I think it's vitamin A. So. No, likewise, and you're you're an Uber doctor who really across many channels of, of health, and I think you can be a, an amazing spokesperson for the next phase of medicine that has to come to, come out of this and me as a scientist, all I want to do is support your your busy clinical work with the science behind some of the stuff that you're already doing so that we can create. A new set of evidence. That's my goal. Evidence based medicine for chronic disease.
1: Yeah. You're giving me chills. I love it. It sounds good. I love your music. Keep playing it.
0: All right, my dear. Great okay, chatting care. with you.
1: Talk to you soon. Have a great day. Bye now.